Welcome back to Superintendent Radio Network. I'm Guy Cipriano. We're joined by Brian Horgan, a professor at the University of Minnesota in the Department of Horticultural Science, and we're talking about a partnership between the University of Minnesota and the USGA that was recently announced that has a chance to benefit everybody in the golf industry, including golf course superintendents. First off, Brian, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it, Guy. Thank you for having me. For those that maybe missed the announcement last week or aren't familiar with it, explain what will be happening at Minnesota over the next five years. Uh, the United States Golf Association, the University of Minnesota, created a partnership, and from a really high level, uh, the mission of this partnership is to study, define, and advance sustainable business models and agronomic practices and environmental stewardship for golf through science, innovation, research, and education. So basically, uh, that mission is about trying to bring in greater levels of sustainability to the game, do it through data, do it through innovation, and do it in a way that is demonstrable to the industry as a whole. On the turf grass science side, what, what areas in particular are you really looking forward to looking at over the next five years? Well, I mean, so we, we, we come into this partnership from the turf grass side. So everything that we've done for the last 15 years has been about innovation around, uh, around managing grasses and around conservation strategies. Um, and, and where we, would, we will continue to push that envelope. But let me take a step back because as we, as we evolved in our thought process and around our research program for the last uh, decade and a half, we really realized that the economic considerations and the economics of the game have to be also considered with every agronomic question. Um, and then as we continued to push and think through our research objectives, uh, we also realized that the environmental stewardship goals need to be connected into the agronomic. So it's a three-prong approach, and it's about the agronomic practices that our superintendents do today. What is the impact of those practices on the environment? And I think there's been a lot of research on that around the country and my colleagues around the country doing that. Uh, and the USGA has funded a lot of that through their green section uh, uh, research program. But including in this business aspect and including in our colleagues in College of Science and Engineering or including in our colleagues from a public policy perspective or even a social science perspective uh, and thinking about player preference attitudes or thinking about the impacts of certain agronomic practices on pace of play or thinking about the, the idea that we can drive down our resource uh, usage by switching up the platform in which golf is played on has really been the driving factor in how this partnership formed. There are many neat things about this, and I think one of the neat things is that this won't all be done in research laboratories and classrooms. This is going to be done on an actual golf course, right, Brian? Correct. So the, the idea, again, is that, that the University of Minnesota's Les Bolstead Golf Course will serve as the laboratory. And, and right now, we, we do research on this golf course. At, again, I, as do a lot of my colleagues around the country, have really good relationships with their university golf courses. What makes this unique is that we're in a position to renovate this golf course in the coming year. And so as we think through what that renovation should look like and we think about uh, the generational changes in the golfers that will be engaged in the sport. So our boomers will be retiring in, from the sport and we're trying to engage a millennial generation into the sport. What sort of experiences should we be thinking about that will bring them into golf and give them the experience that they're looking for with the values that back up how those millennials are choosing to make their purchasing decisions? Brian, obviously there's a lot of emerging technologies out there in, in golf course 
maintenance and turf grass management. What are some of the new technologies that are going to be used over the, the course of the five years? And uh, it's a great question. Um, we have been really successful here as a research program in, in approaching our research in a very unique way, and that is that we believe that uh, alternative grass species exist that position ourselves to be able to use less from the very beginning. Okay, so to discount all of the sensing technologies for right now and all of the different innovations that are existing in the game, and think about it in relation to if we got a grass species that still functions appropriately and works for the golfer themselves, but already puts us at a reduction in the amount of inputs that are needed. Then as we incorporate in sensing technology, whether that's remote sensing or whether that's use of, of drone technology or whether that's the use of robots or whether that's the use of satellites uh, for us to be even more efficient, uh, we've, already, we've already entered into the market in a lower level. Uh, in, in the use of Les Bolstead Golf Course as a laboratory, we will be in a position to look at alternative grass species, uh, study those grass species with technology that exists today and with partnerships with others that will test innovative strategies and technologies for tomorrow uh, and do so in a way that we can fail and through our failures we can define successes for the industry. That last part there is one of the important parts of this partnership with the USGA and that is that as a land-grant institution, our, our responsibility is to, to study things in ways that others not, can't necessarily do. I can't make a recommendation to a golf course tomorrow to, to maybe try out some of these different grasses because I'm not sure that they're going to succeed in all environments, and we've got more work to do on them. But what I do know is that we have enough confidence in our research for the last 15 years that we, can, we need to try this out on a fully functioning golf course and then use that as a way in which to advance even further down the road. How will this research benefit a golf course superintendent? And I'm thinking it goes far beyond whatever turfgrass science advancements are made when it's done. There's, there's, uh, there's 4,000 golf courses that are, that are due for a renovation. We've deferred a lot of maintenance since the last recession. Uh, we've got a lot of golf courses that are really struggling with their economic models. Uh, so what we're looking to do is identify solutions and strategies where a golf course can see a return on investment from a renovation that positions themselves to be sustainable for the next 30 years or until the next time they need to go through a renovation. So that would include things like alternative irrigation designs or change in irrigation systems, different, ir different grass species themselves, uh, the platform in which golf is played on, the footprint in which golf uh, exists upon, um, changing the way that the, the, uh, the greens complexes themselves are constructed, um, looking at the tie-ins and the greens features. Of the, so a lot of our superintendents get really challenged when we build these, these sand-based greens, and uh, adjacent to the green is a, a heavier textured soil. Our irrigation systems aren't uh, designed appropriately for that interface, or we put plastic barriers in that really allow water just to stay in that, that cavity. Uh, and what, what we would propose, or one of the things that we're gonna really look into is, is how we can expand that green complex with sand capping that allows the tie-in features to be more seamlessly integrated into the green itself. 
Um, and that'll, that'll be really impactful in the north where we've got uh, winter conditions and we've got drainage issues and we've got snowmelt issues, and we need to make sure that multiple exit points for water exist around these greens complexes and, and that we're not tying up water in certain spots because we've got an interface of two different soil types. That's an example of the types of things that we'll lo look to and push ourselves to think differently about as we approach this renovation. Each one of these solutions then will be kind of a blueprint that people can go to and look through of what has worked and what has not worked. So as those three or 4,000 golf courses that need a renovation come online for a renovation, they'll have some tools in their tool chest that they can uh, pull from to help them be more sustainable long-term. Obviously, Minnesota has a climate that's different than Texas or Arizona. What going on in Minnesota will, will benefit those courses in other parts of the country? And it won't be, it won't be apples and apples, uh, but the approach that we're taking will allow uh, others in other parts of the country to consider um, how they can tackle their, their specific issues in a different way. Uh, I would also anticipate in one of the discussions that we've had with the USGA is identifying, you know, other regional institutions that can assist the, the initial partnership between the University of Minnesota and the USGA uh, and, really, uh, and really tackling those regional issues that exist. So Minnesota is not the desert southwest or not the uh, southeast part of the United States and where they've got very unique challenges. But the approaches that we're taking on this are applicable in those areas, and then we'll identify uh, partners that can help us test and demonstrate those principles in different parts of the country. What are you hoping to learn about golfer behavior during, during the course of the research? Well, that's, I think, one of the most fascinating parts. You know, the, a lot of our research in the last five years has required us to have social scientists as part of our grants. And so we've been engaged with looking at consumer behavior, uh, purchasing power by different consumer markets, uh, looking at uh, willingness to pay uh, and price premiums associated with traits and attributes of different grasses and how they're managed. And so by having a sociologist as a part of our team, uh, we'll be able to really look at the difference between why a golfer may, uh, their eye may be drawn to a certain characteristic of the golf course. And they may see that that is where they want to hit the ball or that they see that as being a higher quality surface to play on. Uh, but then when you actually study that individual and their, what they just experienced and expected uh, when comparing it to what they saw as a higher value or a greater uh, looking turf grass versus something that might not be the same look but have the same function, we hope that we can understand that player preference attitude at a higher level so that we can engage the golfer in the discussion of why resource use and utilization is such an important topic and that just because it is of a certain color doesn't necessarily mean that it's a greater experience or a more quality playing surface. How are results of the research going to be handled? Are they going to be all announced at the same time or will there be results phased out? Yeah, it'll be phased out over multiple periods. We have, we have projects that will start in 2016 that will uh, be looking at uh, the impact of green speed on pace of play. And we'll have about five to ten golf courses around the United States that will assist us in looking at 
um, and studying the golfer themselves and how what their cycle times are moving through the golf course, uh, but then also what the impact is of, of green speed on that pace of play. Uh, so we would expect that that would be something that, that as soon as we get these results in, you know, anecdotally, people will tell you that if my greens are snipping 12, that the, the speed of that round is going to be slower uh, versus if the greens are snipping 8. And, and so, yeah, we can say that, that anecdotally, but the whole idea of this partnership with the USGA is that we start to put data behind some of these myths that exist out in the industry. Um, so, go back to your question, yes, we will be metering these things out as we get results um, and we'll be publishing these in multiple places and then speaking about them and, and, and using uh, online tools uh, to disseminate that information. Last thing here before we let you go, what type of opportunity is this for the University of Minnesota and, and yourself and where can people go to learn more about some of the past research that's been done on your campus? Um, what's really exciting about this partnership with the University of Minnesota is that these, these are two institutions that are, are really respected worldwide that have the bandwidth to study and define these practices, sustainable business models or agronomic practices or even environmental stewardship. Um, and, and they're going to do so through how, how we approach all of our projects here as a land-grant institution through uh, innovation and research and, and then ultimately the education of our, con our customers and whether that's an undergraduate student or a graduate student or a superintendent in the field. So I look at this as the way that, that this partnership is really exciting from our perspective because we have now pulled in another uh, industry leader and brought them into our space and we entering into their space and doing so in a way that, that we can value from each other. Um, where can they get more information about it? Well, the USGA will certainly be putting information about up on their website, which is usga.org. Uh, the University of Minnesota's Turfgrass website, which is turf.umn.edu. Then uh, there'll be other places that certainly uh, we would partner with to get that information out. Well, thanks a lot for joining us, Brian. It sounds like you're going to be even busier than you were before, so good, good luck with everything you're doing. Guy, I certainly appreciate it. You've been listening to the Superintendent Radio Network, the podcast of Golf Course Industry Magazine, a production of GIE Media. I've been your host, Guy Cipriano. You can find all of our podcasts on iTunes or the SRN page of golfcourseindustry.com. Talk to us at srn at gie.net or at GCI Magazine on Twitter. Thanks for listening.